Hi, everyone. This is the Bad Girl's Guide to Love with Dr. Ayo. I'm your host, Dr. Ayo Gathing. I'm a board-certified psychiatrist, best-selling author, and a health and relationship expert. I am here to liberate you from your boring-ass love life. Lose the good girl and unleash your inner bad girl to finally find love and get the relationship you deserve. What is going on, real lovers? Oh my goodness, you guys are in for such a fantastic treat today. Not only do we have a topic that was submitted by one of you fantastic real lovers and listeners, but I have a very, very special guest joining me on the podcast. None other than the one and only Dr. Ayo Gathing. What's going on with you? Hello, real lovers. I'm so excited to be here today. Oh man, I'm pumped up. This is truly an honor. So, so excited to have you on the podcast today. And we're diving into a topic that I'm sure is going to hit home for a lot of people out there. And that is how to help or support family members, how it can be a strain on a relationship or even a marriage. Are you ready to get into it? Let's get into it. Let's Let's do it. So my first question for you is this, Dr. Ayo. Do you think most people know how to help or support their family members without it putting a strain on their relationships? The interesting thing is I I don't think most people know how, and it's not their fault, right? Because most of the time when you're engaging with your family or thinking about the relationship with your family, you're really thinking about you. And so to bring in this whole other dynamic of thinking about your partner and thinking about the relationship, it's just really complex and complicated. And And you really have to be thoughtful about it and knowledgeable about it. So I think most people just go full steam ahead and just, you know, go by instinct. I totally agree with you. Now, one thing that I really like to do on the podcast before we dive too deep into a topic is make sure that everybody's on the same page when it comes to the terminology and the different things that we'll be discussing throughout the podcast. And in this case, I would love for you to share with the real lovers what the difference between helping a family member is from actually supporting a family member. That is such a good question. And and of course, there's just so many major nuances and and differences, you know, out there, but I'll just go with kind of our just broad topic. So when you're helping someone, you know, you're basically making it easier for somebody You're assisting them, right? So you could be offering your services or resources or maybe even connections, right? So how me and you hooked up was we had a, a, you know, a mutual connection. And she said, you know what, I think you two should meet, right? That was helping. She helped us as opposed to supporting someone, which means you're bearing all of or or most of the weight of a person's situation, or you're basically enduring the brunt of the responsibility, right? So, you know, you see being an aid or a resource to someone is helping versus being responsible for them. And, and those are very, very different. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that you touched on that because I think sometimes people can either use the two terms synonymously or mm-hmm. not necessarily know what's encompassed in helping and what is a part of supporting. And I think it's really uh, vital for us to get that out of the way, like initially. So when they hear us say help, they know what we're talking about. And when we say support, right. they know what we're talking about. Right. And, you know, what, it, what? I mean, again, you know, helping, it's it's just you can do that for a stranger, right? You can help walk someone across mm-hmm. the street. Right. You can give a stranger a dollar. You know, those things are very, you know, basic and you're just kind of you know, providing some assistance, but support is is so much deeper and so much more of a foundation ingrained, you know, in a relationship. And, 
And so that it just takes more of everything. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you really just want to make sure when you're talking about support, whether it be, you know, the person supporting the person you're with or that family member, you know, you look at how that affects you and others around you. That's right. And I know when we look at the support versus the help, one of the things that typically comes to mind to me is the aspect of time. You know, usually when you're helping somebody, it's not going to be a huge tax on your time. You know, it's usually like, okay, let me help you out, whether that's me helping you out within by sending off an email, by making a quick call, by making a connection or possibly even spending the day with somebody to help them to move or, you know, something of that Mm -hmm. lines. But then supporting is one of those things where it kind of starts to carry on. You know, it's more than just a a donation of your time. You know, like it's truly become an investment. (laughs) Correct. That's the exact word. Oh, my gosh. We're so in sync. You were invested, right? Support means you are invested. Like you are giving of yourself in some way because you're invested in this outcome. You feel some responsibility about this outcome. So, yeah, I agree. Invest. That's the perfect word. I love it. Oh, yeah. Now. I truly believe that we're going to have some real lovers and some listeners out there with this question, which is, Dr. Ayo, should we ever, ever seek to support our family members? Is that something that we should even try to do, even think about doing? And if so, under what circumstances? Right. Of course. Right. Family. (laughs) You know, the Bible says honor your mother and your father. That's, you know, gets us started. And so you can't ever say, oh, I'm with somebody now, so ditch my family. Nobody else <laughs> matters. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that it can never be the answer. But again, if you're in a marriage or a relationship or just, you know, some sort of partnership with someone, you just have to make sure that you take them into consideration. Be thoughtful, you know, because that is, you know, the foundation of a healthy relationship. Again, so you can't just move forward as a single when you are in that sort of partnership. So that's kind of my first rule of saying yes, is that you've checked with your partner, you've discussed it, communicated with your partner, right? You know, and you know, Mm -hmm. one thing people do is they might minimize, right? Or kind of, you know, I won't even say white lies because lies are lies, but they'll tell (laughs) piece of the truth, Mm -hmm. omit something to get their partner on board, right? And say, oh yeah, you know, my family might need something, whether it be money or time or, you know, living with them, right? That's something we see a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm sure your listeners have had that situation, right? Oh, they're going to stay with us for a couple of days. All Mm -hmm. of a sudden, just want to crash on the couch. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) Then all of a sudden they got a room, they got, you know, they're up in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So and then it dawned on you, they ain't paying no rent. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a dollar. Like granny ain't even in there cooking a meal or something. Like you ain't got the food on the (laughs) groceries so I think the main thing is that you have to communicate so you definitely don't want to shut your family down shut them out and say no to everything but you have to make sure that you've been honest with your partner been open with your partner y'all sat down and communicated about it and and come to some sort of resolution and as you know and I'm probably preaching to the choir here (laughs) you know everyone's not going to agree about everything right like oh my gosh we just totally agree on the time here the the money, everything. No, but you've got to make sure before you move forward and say, yes, your partner is at least on board with the plan. That's right. 
I am in complete agreement with you when it comes to making a decision to actually say yes to especially supporting, but even helping to a certain degree. I think it's really important, especially if you're in a marriage, to have that conversation with your spouse. You you don't leave them out in the dark like you stated. You don't intentionally omit information. I think it's even mm-hmm. important for you to give them a background on certain family members. Maybe they don't know this cousin Mookie that well. And, you know, <laughs> you, you saying Mookie just crashing on the couch, but you know Mookie don't crash on couches. Like Mookie, Mookie mooches off of people. And yeah. now you got Mookie in the building and, you know, he's doing things that he shouldn't be doing or she shouldn't be doing. So it's really, really important for us when we are married to definitely communicate that, make sure you lay out all of the facts on the table so that you guys can be able to make the right decision for your household. Because that's the most important thing to take into consideration is that especially those who are married, you guys are a unit. Like you have your own household and now you're welcoming another person into that system. But you got to understand that you guys were already founded. Like this person isn't a part of that foundation. You're bringing them in. So that means that it's important for that person to be willing to understand how your house operates, them being willing to, for lack of a better term, follow the rules and do things the way that you guys have established in your house. And if you haven't talked things over with your partner, then that can definitely bring some issues into that relationship. Oh, for sure. And I love that you bring up that history. Yes. Because that's another thing that you have to provide context to the situation Mm -hmm. about who it is, who they're dealing with, especially if it's someone they don't know that well. And even if it is someone that they know well, they might not know, you know, crucial bits of information that may lead into this decision making. So, yeah, I love that. Given that history, given that, you know, information and sitting down together and deciding it together. And that's what marriage is all about, right? Being a team, you know, not Mm -hmm. agreeing on everything or not always, you know, being excited about everything that you do. You have to make sacrifices, but sometimes you have to make the right sacrifice for you. And you have to, sometimes you have to just put your marriage first. And sometimes that means amending what you would have normally done or change the time or amount or, you know, just looking at how you can do well in both situations. What up, what up, what up, though, real lovers? It is time for a break, and guess what? This time around, I want to give some huge shout-outs to you amazing real lovers who recently sent me some emails. So let me give a huge, huge shout-out to none other than Josie, Caitlin, Tara, Autumn, Jayla, Dinah and Lee, I greatly appreciate the emails. It's always so wonderful hearing from you all. So I appreciate you taking the time to hit your man Jay up. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you ever are interested in contacting me, you can easily do that by just going over to righttorellove.com slash contact on the contact form. Just go ahead, fill it out, hit me up, and we can take it from there. I appreciate it. I love you guys. And it's time to get back into our discussion, y'all. I agree with you completely. And one other thing that I would add is important for people in this situation to do is also be willing to look at it from the other person's perspective. Like if we're unable to do that, I think that it really can cloud our vision of what the situation looks like if we only see it from our side. Like, this is my mama or this is my nana or this is my cousin. And, you know, why why aren't you being willing to get on board? You got to take the time to look at it from that other person's perspective. What if they were the one that was coming to you wanting to have mama, uncle, cousin, granny come and stay with you guys or do whatever was being requested? 
it's so important for us to be able to not just look at it from the perspective that we're coming at it from, but try our best to look at it from the perspective of our partner or our spouse. You have to. And that can be hard. That can really be difficult, especially when you're dealing with family or someone that you might be really close to and really passionate about and just stepping outside of yourself and saying, let me be more objective and look at it from their perspective. It it can be really difficult. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like this isn't a small decision, especially when we come to it from the perspective of supporting a family member. This is something that I think people need to not just make that decision really quickly. And I think that could definitely be a danger that could backfire on even if the two people have agreed, if you haven't taken the time to really look at what is this situation going to mean? Like, how is it going to change the dynamic of our relationship, the dynamic of our home? You know, how are our lives going to change if we say yes? And if you haven't kind of gone through and, you know, forgive me for this, going through business school, but, you know, you do a cost analysis. You, you kind of, you got to look <laughs> right. at what is this going to cost you? Not just from yeah. a financial perspective, but from an emotional perspective, you know, so many different avenues. You have to really look at it because we know that there's nothing in life that's free. Even the support that you're providing to this person, it's not going to be free. It's going to cost you something. And if you haven't taken the time to analyze what it's costing you, what it's costing your spouse, if you have children, what it could be potentially costing them, you got to look at it. Right. And I I love that, that cost analysis, right? Because you have to look at, you know, the pros and cons of a situation. And really, before moving forward, you too have to sit down and agree that the benefits outweigh the expense to you and the impact to you and your relationship, whether it be time, energy, money, emotions, you know, taking care of someone. Even like if someone moves in with you that's elderly and you're giving that taxing physical and mental support, you know, maybe not money, but that's still really taxing and you might not have as much energy to give to your relationship or your children, you know, and so they're kind of bearing the grunt of some of that missing time. So really looking at it from all sides and all angles. And like you said, from the other person's perspective, love it. So true. Yes, that's important. Now, we both know, Dr. Ayo, that everybody, they didn't have the opportunity to do what we just talked about doing. Right. <laughs> and, sure. and, and they went in and they gave that quick yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so. Right. Yeah, they're already <laughs> in it now. They're like, okay, Jay and Dr. Ayo, I'm already in it now. You know what I'm saying? So for those people out there listening, we definitely want to address their their quote unquote pain or situation. So what would you say are some signs to help someone decipher that, hey, you know what, that help or that support that you're giving a family member is starting to put some strain on your relationship or marriage? What are some things that they can kind of look out for? Oh, yes. Yeah, let's get into it. So you've already said yes, you jumped in or even maybe you discussed it and you agreed. And let's just be real. Sometimes we agree to something and then later we're like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't know what Pump the brakes. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's regroup. So uh, there's a bunch of signs. So we, we can just get started with a couple of them. So the first one is, of course, that you're constantly disagreeing and having conflict, right? Either over how to assist this person or the amount or energy or, or whatever the dynamics are of the decision. So you just can't seem to agree and you never seem to really be getting on back on the same page like you were. You're not feeling like a team, right? You're constantly battling and just not feeling, you know, connected on that level of the decision. So that that's really a sign that this decision is carried over into your relationship, right? 
I mean, I'm assuming you were a good team to begin with mm-hmm. and that you weren't constantly <laughs> fighting and disagreeing. That's right. Beforehand. <laughs> But sometimes even you might start disagreeing about other things. And, and there's really some some subconscious feelings about, you know, that support that's bleeding over into other areas and kind of causing issues. So basically constant conflict or, or battling. And another thing is just not feeling as close to your partner as or as intimate with your partner. You notice you're sitting a little further apart or you're having a little more silent time or you haven't ha- been sexually intimate in a while. and you know, that sort of stuff can kind of creep and be ominous, right? So at first it's one day, then it's two days, then you're looking back and you're like, wow, I haven't even kissed you or we haven't been intimate in a month, you know? And so that's a major indication that there's some sort of strain in the relationship. I am in complete agreement with you. I think a really good gauge is not only our own personal feelings, but also the feelings of our spouse or our partner if Mm -hmm. you see your partner is uncomfortable now because of this if they are more stressed pretty much if their personality and the way that they are behaving has changed and i mean changed negatively then that's really a good sign if you know your spouse is usually somebody who's really peppy and you know they have energy and they like to talk and they like to joke and then all of a sudden this is just like debbie downer or mm-hmm. they're just completely the opposite. They just don't have the energy. They just don't want to do it. And like you stated, certain things that should be occurring in the relationship aren't isn't rec- isn't occurring in the marriage anymore. There there isn't any sexual intimacy or any intimacy and affection from the two people. Like all of those are really great signs. So yeah, I think it's important. You got you definitely got to keep a pulse on your your partner as well as mm-hmm. yourself. Yep. And another thing is mm-hmm. that you're hiding things from each Ooh, other. So yeah. remember we talked about mm-hmm. hiding things about making the decision, yes. but you know, moving forward, you might be hiding other things either surrounding the decision, like you've changed something about it and not kind of regrouped and let the partner know, or in all this new spare time you've got, or with this less money you've got, you start making some decisions without letting your partner know. So hiding things and not communicating effectively, whether it be your feelings, any actions or or situations you've been in, that that's also a key. Just not sharing things like you used to. Oh yeah, that's that's a good one right there. Keeping secrets is definitely something that shouldn't be occurring in any relationship, especially a marriage. And when that's starting to happen, whether it's recognizing from the the personal perspective, like, man, like I've been hiding this or keeping this to myself from this person, the same thing that goes for them. You know, if it feels like they may be holding something back and not really keeping you aware and, you know, involved in what's happening, then that's definitely something that is likely a sign that there's a strain either about to be placed on a relationship or that may already be there that you just aren't aware of just yet. For sure. And, you know, we're with someone else either in your home or you spending more time outside of the home and everything. You really have to make the relationship, you know, a priority. So if you're spending more time apart in other areas, that's a key indication, too, that there might be some upcoming strain because you got to spend time together and be together to make a relationship work. Precisely. No question about it. No question about it. So if we were to kind of fast forward a little bit and kind of look at the aftermath of this to a degree, what would you say are some of the dangers of a person taking on that responsibility to either help or support a family member, but doing it at the expense of their relationship or marriage? Yeah. 
And and again, we want to frame this whole thing as, you know, you're really wanting to do right yes. by both parties, right? <laughs> yes, yes. We are, we are definitely making that assumption. Like, your relationship is dangerous, over, because I don't want people to think, you know what, I'm saying no to everything that comes my way. Nah. Like, no. Like we talked about earlier, there is a benefit-risk ratio, right? You've got to, you know, look at the pros and cons and, mm-hmm. you know, decide what's best and what's the right thing to do. Because sometimes what's easiest you know, is not necessarily the right thing to do. So once you've decided, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to take on either this expense, you know, this cost, this time, this burden. One of the dangers for sure is that you're causing, you know, the partners to kind of bring in this other force, right? You know, that could Mm -hmm. create tension or conflict that didn't exist before, right? Marriage is hard enough, (laughs) right? (laughs) Already got all the things that make marriage difficult already. And then you're bringing in something new to the relationship, another burden, you know, something extra to have to communicate about and have to take into consideration. And a lot of times, you know, you, you're making a sacrifice that you did not plan on. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's that's always a danger that you kind of get this attitude that this is more than I, I signed up for. Right. I signed up for X, Y, and Z and, now you're bringing in this whole new dynamic that is like, oh, this is too much for me. So I think one of the dangers is really burdening your partner to the point where they're not seeing the marriage as, you know, even anymore. You know, people like to say 50-50, <laughs> whereas I like to say everybody's got to <laughs> give 100. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully yes. that still makes it work. The danger is that you're looking at it as this marriage is not worth it to me, right? Or, you know, it's not worth all of this effort or not worth all of this monetary or not worth all this strain that's occurring. So that that's one of the real dangers. And another danger is that you don't have any support or outlet for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So whether you're a caregiver of someone elderly or someone sick or or the financial burden that your partner and you are in it together and you might not have someone supporting you. (laughs) You know, a lot of times Mm -hmm. our spouses become our primary resource for emotional support, financial support, communication, everything. And so once that person is in this with us, we don't have, you know, another force, whether, you know, that be spirituality or your pastor or, you know, a support group or just anything. So one of the dangers is that you're trying to do this alone and you're trying to do it without the appropriate support and resources emotionally and, and financially or spiritually. Wow, that's really good. Because I think that's one that most people will probably ignore. You know, they may think about how it may impact their partner and how it could bring, you know, some drama or some tension or some strain there, but not necessarily looking at it from the perspective of how it can have a negative impact on themselves. So, yeah, I'm really glad mm-hmm. that you pointed that out because that's that's vital. That is definitely vital. So in a situation where somebody has made the decision to say yes and they have identified that it is causing strain on their relationship, what would you say are some things that they can do to reduce or eliminate that strain that's been placed on their relationship? Mm -hmm. Good question. So I'm going to go back. to Number one is (laughs) always communicate, communicate, communicate. And I know it sounds lame and I know it sounds like broad, but you have to check in regularly with your partner. And that's anyway, real lovers, you should be checking in with your spouse or, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, whoever 
on a regular basis about how the relationship is doing. Mm -hmm. What can you both be doing to make things better or to improve how the other person is, you know, functioning? So these check-ins are even more important when you've got some new burden or strain due to, you know, being supportive and and having the family members involved. You've got to do a check-in regularly on your decision and on how that decision is impacting your relationship and your partner and how it's affecting you. Because sometimes you're the one that agreed to it, but you're still the one that's burdened and overwhelmed and frustrated and snappy and irritable. And your partner's just like, whoa, you know, this was your decision. Like, why are you the one that's, you know, upset and angry? It's not always the, the partner of the person. It's sometimes you, you know, you might regret the decision or just bitten off more than you can chew or, you know, it's, it's taxing on you. So you've got to check in with each other and discuss all aspects of it and be honest and open. And from a non-defensive standpoint too, because I, you said earlier, you know, looking at the other person's perspective and it's so important to, you know, not be defensive when you're talking about, especially family. Like when my husband and I first were dating and engaged and you know, you're around each other's families and you're talking and, you know, he would bring things up and I would be immediately defensive. Like, wait a minute now, you can't talk about my family like that. You, can't, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. You know, and I had to learn like, wait a minute, like he gets to have opinions. He gets to have questions and, and I have, I can't be defensive. And sometimes we're so protective of our families and we're so you know, and this can be subconscious, right? So when you're mm-hmm. in these discussions, you can't be, well, you know, be as <laughs> non-defensive as possible and, and be open to your partner's point of view and suggestions. For those people who have said yes and a lot of time hasn't passed, you know, sometimes we have what um, people may deem like buyer's remorse where you have <laughs> agreed to something, <laughs> exactly. you have taken something on. And then you're like, what did I just do? Or in this case, what did we just do? I've always been a person of my word. And if I say something, I, I do it. You know, I like to be about my word. But there was a certain scripture that I read in the word of God that really stood out to me where it talks about in Proverbs where, you know, if you pretty much, um, I can't remember it precisely. So forgive me, real lovers, but I'll have it in the show notes for you guys. Um, but it talks about putting up... Um, I think, how is it they say it? I think like surety or something. It's pretty much like being a co-signer on a loan. Like you're you're taking on the responsibility or the debt of somebody mm-hmm. and it advises us not to do that because of how great of a responsibility that is and how you're really enslaving yourself. And I bring that up because if there hasn't been a lot of time that has passed since you said the yes, you are having buyer's remorse or you're regretting like, man, I don't think we should have done that. That's something you should share with your spouse or your partner. And maybe they say the same thing, man. I don't think we should have agreed to do that. If no, mind you, if a lot of time has a pattern, like you can't be a year later, like, mom, you got to move out. Like y'all didn't already move them in. I'm talking about before <laughs> any major actions have taken place. And you realize that we said yes, but looking at it, man, I'm not feeling peace right now after saying that. Yes. You know, we said yes, but do you got peace? I don't got peace. Neither, neither do I. And, I and that issue... Yo, yeah, it may not be easy to do, but I would advise you to go back to that person and say, hey, you know what? Um, we've talked it over some more and we just we were not able to do it right now. It, it, it may suck. That person may be mad. They may have planned for you to help them out or what have you. 
But if you don't have that peace, if you and your spouse have realized that, hey, this isn't something that we should be saying yes to, don't be afraid if too much time hasn't hasn't passed to go back and change your yes to a no. I know a lot of people are like, no, you should never do that. And I used to feel the same way. But trust me, there have been times when I've said yes and then I don't know what happened, but it was like all the peace in my life just got sucked out. And I'm like, all I can think about is that that yes that I said. Why is that? And I realized it was because I shouldn't have said yes. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of us and and this has been, you know, study, we're people pleasers deep down. We want everyone to get along or we want everything to be OK. Or, and we're we're kind of avoiding conflict. And I think a lot of times people say yes to things to avoid conflict. You know, mm-hmm. I even sometimes used to say yes to my friends to go hang out, just little stuff, knowing mm-hmm. I did not want to go That's real. just because it was like, oh, I just don't want to hear their mouth or I don't want to <laughs> do good. And, you know, when really it wasn't the best thing for me. And I'm like, wait, why am I always the one that's inconvenienced? Why am I always the one giving and pleasing other people? You know, everybody else be on their own thing and they definitely say no to me. So you have to learn to put up those personal boundaries and know is such an important boundary and you have to learn it and you have to not be afraid to be honest and hey, ruffle a little feather. Sometimes everybody's not going to be happy with you, (laughs) you know? And so you can't be afraid to say no, just because you're, you're going to make someone upset or they're going to be mad at you or, you know, everybody's not going to get along or you can't fix everything. You know, you have to sometimes put yourself and your marriage first. That's right. And wow, something that the Holy Spirit revealed to me as we were just talking, based on what I was just talking about with regards to making sure you have that peace. And if you don't have that peace, you know, the Holy Spirit was just revealing to me that that is in not in some cases, not every case, you know, that is God trying to speak to you. And I know we've talked uh, at length about the two people in the relationship, but I think oftentimes we don't take into account that God has a role in our marriages, especially. And if we don't go to him as well to see, should we be saying, well, is it a yes or a no for you too, Lord? Well, what is your, what is so yours? True. You know, sometimes we are concerned about whether we say yes or no, whether our partner says yes or no, but we forget to go before him. And I think that that's something that needs to be taken into consideration seriously, where we go to prayer, whether it is you and your spouse individually together, however you cha- you plan to do it. I think it's important to get God's say on it. Figure out what his will is. What does he desire for the two of you to do? The two of you may be saying yes, and then God give y'all that big no. <laughs> or, right. or just the opposite. Y'all may be like, big no, y'all in alignment, and then he got the big yes. So it's, it's important to be willing, at the very least, to go before God and say, hey, you're a part of this marriage as well, especially if we're talking about a God-ordained marriage. And get his perspective. What do you think about this? You know, should we say yes to helping or supporting this family member at this time? Is this the right time? Is this in your will? Is this the way you want us to do it? Like all of those things are so, so important for us to take into consideration. That is so true. And I hear that a lot, you know, when I'm working with couples and coaching, you know, that they make these rash decisions or they don't even talk their part and talking to God, you know, is important. He's that third strand of that marriage. He's braided in without, and you think, you know, everything, but you don't, you know, he's the only one that does, you know, he's the one that knows the outcome and knows what the other person might need too. Cause it might be a time where you need to say no, because that other person needs to learn how to stand on their own two feet or, 
you know, get that job they've been needing or, you know, or like you said, it might be time to say yes. And this might be your burden to bear. And so you have to do that. You have to seek that counsel. And, you know, you've got to remember that, you know, you and your partner at the, aren't the only ones in the marriage. Hey, 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 real lovers, it is break time. And guess what, y'all? We got a new review for the podcast over on iTunes. And this one came in from none other than the one and only Ashley D. Writes. She gave us a five-star review entitled, This Podcast is a Blessing. Here's what Ashley had to say, y'all. I came across this podcast because my friend was a guest on the show. I listened to support her, but this podcast quickly became a staple in my life. I love the relevant topics for young Christians. Just when I think the podcast can't get any better, there's a new episode with a new topic that speaks directly to what I'm dealing with. Keep up the great work. Hashtag TGBTG. Oh my goodness, Ashley. Thank you so, so much for this review. I greatly appreciate it. Few things that I want to talk to my girl Ashley about. First of all, you already know your man Jay, you know, he, he's getting up there in years. So I definitely had to head on over to Google to see what hashtag TGBTG meant. And for all of my other real lovers out there who didn't know what it means either, from what Google informed me, it means to God be the glory. So I just want to thank you so much, Ashley, for just taking the time out to leave this heartfelt review. But like I said, there's a few things that I want to address. First and foremost, send me an email, Ashley. Send me your email. Here's why. First of all, I want to give you another big shout out once again. But I also want to know who was your friend that turned you on to the podcast because I want to make sure that I can personally thank them as well. So Ashley, head over to rightsrollove.com slash contact. Go to the contact form. Send me an email. Let's definitely chop it up. I want to know who your friend was so I can shout them out, give them some love as well. But once again, Ashley, thank you so much for not just coming over, supporting your friend, but listening to the podcast, finding value in it, taking the time to leave a review. I mean, Ashley, you amazing. I don't even know you. And I'm all, I got to pop. Let's all pop the collar for Ashley. She's showing so much love and always, like you said, hashtag TGBTG to God be the glory for show, for show, for show, show, show. But as everything, real lovers, if you would like to take the time to leave a review for the podcast over on itunes which i would greatly appreciate it if you did just head on over to righttorowlove.com slash itunes or if you use an apple device just go to the podcast app search for right to Row love and then hit the write a review button to leave us a review which i will read on a future podcast if you take the time to go ahead and send it in so thank you guys in advance for taking the time to do that but y'all y'all know what we got to do we got to get back into our discussion let's do it that's right. And the beautiful thing about it is if we obey God and do what he instructs us to do, whether we want to do it or not, the beautiful thing is he'll provide us with the strength that we wouldn't have probably had, or I would say we wouldn't have had if we tried to go with, go and do it without him. So there are just things that he will supply us with, especially when we're walking in obedience to him. It may seem like, oh man, like we can't take this on, but he's he's supernatural like we're more than likely just looking at things from the natural perspective we're looking at what we can see but we have to understand that god has already seen it all like he's seen the beginning the end the middle all of that so he knows what's gonna happen before mm -hmm. we do and if he's telling us that this is a yes he's giving us a yes for a reason if he's saying it's a no it's a no for a reason we may not be able to see it right now in that moment but that's what part of trusting God is about is saying, hey, you know what? I can't see the next step. It looks like this is a cliff. But uh, if you tell me the step, you know, <laughs> oh, I, I, I tried to, I tried, you know, like, like I'm, I'm with, you know, try to 
try to take that step and believe that I'm not just about to plummet. <laughs> but that's right. the beautiful thing. If we we understand God and his character, we know that he won't leave us to plummet. You know, any step that he's asking us to take is going to work out, not just for our our benefit, but the benefit of that marriage, the that, that couple, the other person that's involved. We don't know what God is doing in our life, our spouse's life, or the other people that we're trying to help or support's life. He's the one that has the the I guess the bird's eye view. He can kind of see it all. We're just working with the little piece that we have, and it's important for us to be willing to say, you know what, Lord, if you've instructed us to do this, we're gonna do it, and we're gonna trust that you'll get us through it, one way or the other. Yes, I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> now you know, Doctor Io, there are some some individuals that we need to address in this topic because I know some real lovers are like. When are y'all going to get to this? When are y'all going to get to that? I, I hear all that other stuff y'all saying, but this is what I need to know, <laughs> which is my family always calling me for help. I, I'm always the person that they call in. I'm always yeah. the one they asking for help. Why they always knocking on my door, calling my phone, texting me? Like, what would you say to those individuals out there when they feel like they're the one that's always having to help, always having to support their family members? What would you advise them to do? It's always, and I have a friend who's, in this situation right now. Wow. This is my client. This is my <laughs> personal friend. She's their savior. You know, mm -hmm. they come to her, they're getting evicted. They're, you know, sick and need someone. I mean, it's always her. And that's because why? Because you are consistent. You are reliable. But that's not supposed to be a trait that's taken advantage of. And people will unknowingly and unpurposefully take advantage of someone that's strong and reliable and responsible at the expense of them being strong and reliable and responsible. And those people will never have to do it if you keep saving them. And again, it's not something that's always good for people to fix it for them. And then they don't know how to fix it themselves. And they're always coming to you. And then you become known as the savior of the family, right? or all your friends. And a lot of people that do it with their family, they do it with their friends too, or they do it when they're dating. Everyone's coming to you because you give, give, give. But who's pouring into you? Who's giving to you? Who's renewing your cup? You know, you're just gonna run on empty. And so my advice to those persons is to go back to that boundary situation. You've got to have some boundaries. You are not Christ. You are not the savior. Not you at all. <laughs> will run out of energy and you will run. And of course, I'm a mental health professional, so I can't leave here without saying that it is important to your mental health to, you know, have something left for you and have some self-care. And sometimes drawing those lines in the sand and putting those boundaries up and having those hard conversations with people and saying, look, I love you and I want the best for you, but this isn't working. You've got to have those conversations with people. Get down to the nitty gritty and find out okay, this time let's do it a little different. Instead of me giving you this money or flying in and saving you, how can we make you a more functional person and your situation more functional in the long run so you don't need me? You know, and sometimes that's what needs to happen. You need to sit down and strategize with these people on how they can become more functional so they don't need you. You know, it's kind of like that teach them Teach a man to fish, right? That's right. Yo, I, yo, once again, yeah. we in alignment because I was just thinking that. Thinking <laughs> yes, that? I was just thinking that. <laughs> you just keep getting them to fish. <laughs> right. So you've got to teach them to fish. You've got to help them be more functional and you've got to draw boundaries and have those tough conversations. And I know it's hard because, again, I used to be that person for my friends, for my family, you know, for my patients, you know, but 
there was nothing left for me. I looked at my life and I didn't have nothing. It was in shambles. It was like, wow. I have no personal life. I'm always working or I'm always giving. And I'm, hey, what do I have going on for me? Right. And so mm-hmm. you don't realize you have nothing left because you're doing all the giving. So it's time to step up and do better for yourself. Most definitely. Most definitely. Wow. This has been a phenomenal discussion. And I'm curious, as we begin to close things out, what would you say are some ways that those who are listening can begin to properly balance helping or supporting a family member with maintaining their relationship or their marriage so that it doesn't place any strain on it? Right. And again, even if the strain is already there, so whether you're trying to prevent the strain, prevent, you know, further issues, it's time to start talking and being open and honest with yourself, open and honest with your partner and open and honest with the loved ones in your life that you're helping. Because no matter what, you know, you have to communicate again, bringing up that lame word, (laughs) you know, because if you don't say nothing, you're going to get taken advantage of. You're Mm going to get walked over or you're going to make bad decisions for yourself. Right. And again, seek counsel, you know, That was one of the things, you know, if you ask me for my recommendations for how to move forward, seek counsel from a pastor, from a a therapist, you know, we do couples counseling. um, And a lot of times it's navigating these tricky situations and people think, oh, couples counseling, that's where, you know, everything goes to die. Like that's last resort. No, couples counseling should be for prevention of problems, for maintenance of that strength of your relationship to go and say, let's make our foundation stronger or let's see how we can navigate this difficult situation. So you can talk about those things in a safe place, you know, because again, like we talked about people are sometimes defensive about their family Mm -hmm. or defensive about their friends. So just sometimes having that third party mediator, whether it be a pastor, a counselor, someone to say, hey, okay, let's take a step back and look this objectively it makes all the difference. So if you're communicating with each other and you're seeing you're getting nowhere, consider letting that third party in to help you. And it's not a failure and it's not weak to get help. It's strong and it's keeping that strength. Now, are there any books or any resources that you would recommend to the rail lovers that could help them with situations similar to this? So the thing is, there, there's so many different areas, mm-hmm. right? Like yes. financial and you're looking at. So, so I would really say, Look at, you know, if you're having issues saying no and with personal boundaries, you know, look up some resources on, you know, there's a lot of books on how to say no and how to set boundaries, personal boundaries for yourself. If you're having financial issues, you know, look at, you know, Dave Ramsey. I mean, a lot of people out there who have, you know, blogs and books about how to be financially responsible as partners. You know, one of my friends, they did that whole Dave Ramsey series and had their cash in their envelopes and they were able to buy their cars in cash. I was like, look at (laughs) y'all, you know, (laughs) and and they talk a lot about uh, financial responsibility and and healthy resource allocation and things like that. So you really have to identify where your kind of issue is. And again, if you need more guidance on that, have a counselor or a pastoral uh, leader help you, you know, in that direction. Most definitely. Wow. This has been such a joyous discussion. So many great things that were shared. And I'm curious, is there any aspect of this topic that we didn't touch on that you feel like we should talk about before we wrap things up? You know, we you grazed upon it a little bit, but children and a lot of times in relationships, the children aren't necessarily 
your children, right? So this might be a stepchildren situation or, you know, an adoption situation, you know, a relationship where you're taking care of children that aren't necessarily your biological children, but they're in your home, you know, whether it be a foster family or, you know, something. And, you know, when you sign up to be with your partner, (laughs) if they have children, you've signed up for what comes with being a surrogate parent, you know? And I think a lot of the relationships I've counseled, there's different issues on how to raise children, you know, parenting style differences, you know? And so a lot of times that becomes a burden and, you know, the child's mother or father, you know, when that person's how to navigate that relationship and support them, you know, financially with time. You know, sometimes they have something come up in their life and all of a sudden you're taking on a lot more of the brunt of the parenting or finances. And so if you are also in a situation where you're um, taking care of children, then that's in parenting situations. I think you also want to seek counsel on that and learn how to talk about discipline and parenting styles and, and how to have healthy boundaries with the children's parents. That is a great point. I'm really glad that you brought that up because you're right. And some people do underestimate what they're getting when they're entering into a relationship or a marriage with someone who has children. And that's definitely a conversation that needs to be had prior to saying, yes, I do all of the above. Make sure that you talk that over. You understand what responsibilities come along with that. Like you talked about those obligations, that's an obligation that is not one to be escaped. That is one to totally be embraced and make sure that you're willing to embrace that fully. Yes, yes, wonderful. Right, and sit down and talk about it before getting married if you're not married yet, you know, what the expectations are that are going to come with it when you're in the dating phase or if you're already married, you know, and just reevaluate constantly and how to take care of a newborn or a toddler is going to be totally different than how to be a step-parent or you know, interact with a teenager. And so you've got to constantly be communicating and staying together and aligned as a team and making sure your marriage isn't suffering or, you know, put on the back burner. You know, children are important, (laughs) (laughs) but gotta, you know, make sure your marriage is strong and a priority because that's what those children need. They need strong role models and strong parenting teams around them. And so if you focus on that, you're, you're doing half the battle there. Most definitely. Now, the one thing that I want to do before we wrap up is just hand the mic over to you. Are there any questions that you'd like to ask me? You know, I know that um, this is mostly a Christian podcast and as a mental health professional and, and couples, you know, therapists, I look at that side of it. But from a spiritual perspective, is there anything else that the Bible says about these situations that, you know, can help me in my practice or help the listeners today guide them in their decisions? Oh, man. Yeah, there are a lot of different principles that can be applied from the Bible with regards to what we talked about today. Clearly, the most important one is the commandment that Jesus Christ gave us, which is to love not only God, not only ourselves, but also our neighbor. You know, that is a huge part of what this is. And understanding that we have to love not only our spouse, not only our family members, but we have to love all people. But at the same time, there are also principles that let us know not to 
overextend ourselves, not to place ourselves in positions where it will be detrimental to us personally, our relationships. And that was something that I touched on earlier. It's also important for us to understand when it comes to our family, making sure that our ministry is starting first at home. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people may be in a rush to go out and help some other family members. But like we talked about um, just a little bit, we didn't dive too much into it because remember, we were looking at it from the perspective of assuming things were functioning properly in the relationship, but just the opposite. What if it isn't? Well, that's the time where you should be more focused on ministering to your own household, getting those things in order before going out and bringing somebody else in. So that's another one that's really important is making sure that we understand ministry should first start in the home, making sure that we got things going properly before we reach out and try to extend and provide help to other people. A hurting person can't really help another person if they're they're trying to heal up themselves. Like you have to take mm-hmm. the time to make sure that you're in a position first and foremost to be able to extend a helping hand or to be able to port, to support someone in that capacity. So those are just some of the principles that come to mind. But the Bible is so rich with uh, a variety of different principles that can help, like you said it so many different ways that a person could be asked to help or support. And I think in many of those instances, there is a biblical principle that can help lead God and direct somebody. And just going back to what we talked about earlier, there is no better way than just going before God and getting his specific guidance regarding whatever that situation may be. Maybe what that person is going through isn't something that the Bible specifically talks about. Well, ask God to help you reveal to you what you can do. And I'm sure that if somebody goes down with a genuine heart, he's more than willing to do so. Love it. Oh, that is amazing. That is so helpful. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank you. That was a great question. Any others? Hey, real lovers. My name is Dr. Io Gathing, and you can follow me at Io Gathing MD on Instagram and Facebook to contact me, as well as for my latest content and newest products. I have a new webinar and coaching package dropping soon, so follow me now and stay tuned. Another thing, you know, that I see a lot of is, you know, when one person is a Christian or identifies as a Christian and is going to church and... <laughs> very into their spirituality, but their partner is not. And so when they discuss things, it may not necessarily be coming from the same place or background or from a spiritual perspective. How have you seen couples navigate that, whether having these type of issues or or any other issues? Yeah. In those instances, because our belief system whether those be religious beliefs or some other form of belief system that a person is actually directing their life on, it's going to cause an issue. And that's one of the reasons why the Bible does talk about um, not being unequally yoked with unbelievers. And it's not just the sake of saying that, you know, don't have anything to do with people who don't believe what you believe. Not at all. It's because of the fact that God has a desire for us to experience his best. And his best is going to be experienced when we do things according to the way that he's instructed us to do it. And when we do that, when you come into a relationship, especially a marriage, and you and that person are in alignment with your foundational beliefs, it can definitely minimize the the strain and the stress and the challenges that are experienced. However, when you have two people who want to do life together, but they have two different foundations, one thing that I don't think people uh, often take the time to consider is the fact that usually if the foundations are different, the destinations are different. 
And it may not be a point right now where there's any reason for concern because maybe you guys are heading in the right direction at this point. But similar to an example that I gave on a, a discussion not too long ago where I talked about using the example there when it came to communication, but it applies here too because the alignment is the key. If you are in alignment when it comes to your foundation, which to be honest, a person who's a believer in Christ or somebody that may believe in another religion or something else entirely, those are the foundations at which they base their life. If those two people say we want to do life together, that's like you and I, Dr. Io, getting in the car together. And to go with my same past example, you think that you got in the car and I'm taking you to work. I'm saying mm -hmm. we're going to the mall. I may go down the same roads that lead to your work, hop on the same freeway that to take to your work, but you know what's going to happen at some point. I'm going to hit a turn. I'm going to get off on an exit that is not taking you where you want to go. And you're going to be like, yo, Jay, where you going? And at that point, I'm going to be like, I'm going to the mall. And you're going to be like, well, nah, I thought you was taking me to work. And then more than likely, you're going to say something like, don't you see the way I'm dressed? Look, I got my work attire on. I got my work bag with me. I thought you knew that's where I was going. And I'm going to turn to you and I'll more than likely say, just because you dress like that, just because you got that bag like that, that doesn't mean that you were going to work. You could go to the mall where I was planning on going, which you dress just like that. And you see, that's where that alignment is. It goes away. We were in alignment. As long as we were in the car together, we were talking, we were having a good time. We were listening to the music. Everything was great. We hopped on the right, right freeway. We was heading in the same direction. But then at some point, a turn was made. An exit is happening and it's not in alignment with where you want to go. The same thing happens in marriage. It's that same thing illustrated when it comes to two people who have two different foundational beliefs. Things may go fine. You may be on the same road for a while, but at some point, I can't tell you when. I don't know when it'll happen. It could happen the first month of your marriage. It could happen 10 years down the line. But at some point, more than likely, you're going to reach a place where one person wants to go left, the other one wants to go right or keep going straight. One person wants to get off, the other person wants to stay on the freeway, and they're no longer in alignment. And then you have an issue. And then if you talk about stuff like what we got through discussing today, helping and supporting family members, you add that that on top of what is already a relationship that is no longer in aligned, and you got a lot of issues. Yeah. So true. So, so true. So does that answer your question? I know I kind of... That definitely answers... Okay. No, that was good. That definitely answers the question. I love that. At the end of the day, to kind of simplify it, it just boils down to alignment. And when we talk about our belief systems, I know people kind of write religion and things like that off, but we all have some form of religion. It doesn't necessarily have to be Christianity. It doesn't have to be any other religion around the world. Like, what we believe in is all based on some form of religion. It, it, based on what we believe is the thing that's going to lead us and guide us through life. I like to call it our compass. And when two people mm -hmm. have two completely different compasses, it, at some point, I'm not saying that the relationship can't work. By no means is I'm like, yo, people make bad situations work. That doesn't mean that it's the best situation. And I think that is what we should be aiming to enter into when we get into a marriage. Why put yourself in a position where you're just going to manage a situation that's less than best when you could have put yourself in a position to experience the best? So I, I just tend to believe yes. that it's better to, oh, true. you know, experience the best as opposed to putting yourself in a situation where that's not exactly what you're going to get. So true. Love it. Love it. Wonderful. Any other questions? Those, man, you hit me with some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I hit you right, right. 
Don't yes. drop the cuff, too. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> wow. It has been such an honor and a joy speaking with you. And if you're ever interested, it would be a pleasure to have you come back and want to be a guest on the podcast again. Of course, anytime. This was like a little party. <laughs> yes, man. It was so much fun. We were in alignment. You know what I'm saying? You was thinking something. Right. I said it. I was thinking I something. Was you said it. I was head. like, you better say it, Lord. <laughs> better be in my brain. Yes. So this was so much fun. Definitely look forward to having you come back on. And I just want to thank you again for everything that you share with me and the Real Lovers today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's this week's episode of Bad Girl's Guide to Love with Dr. Ayo. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give me a review on iTunes. For more material and content, you can find me under IOGathingMD on Instagram and Twitter, or head over to my website, www.iogathingmd.com. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. Until then, be bad. Be bad.